पीपल्स मूवमेंट डेवलपमेंट वर्सेज एनवायरमेंट इंडिया एनवायरमेंटल मूवमेंट्स लाइक सो मच एल्स इन द कंट्री इज अबाउट मैनेजिंग कॉन्ट्रडिक्शन एंड कॉम्प्लेक्सिटीज बिटवीन द रिच एंड द पुअर बिटवीन पीपल एंड नेचर द एमरजेंस ऑफ एनवायरमेंटल मूवमेंट्स इन द कंट्री बिगान इन द नाइनटीन सेवेंटीज दीज मूवमेंट्स ग्रीव आउट ऑफ अ सीरीज ऑफ इंडिपेंडेंट रिस्पॉन्सेज टू लोकल इशूज इन डिफरेंट प्लेसेज एट डिफरेंट टाइम्स दीज मूवमेंट्स वेयर द आउटकम ऑफ पीपल ट्राइंग टू गेन कंट्रोल ओवर देयर नेचुरल रिसोर्सेज अनजस्ट डिवेलपमेंटल policies of the government socio economic inequity and environmental degradation or destruction millions of people live within what can be called a biomass based subsistence economy where the gross natural product is a matter of survival the prominent movements that created ripples in the country are the bishnoi movement in rajasthan chipku andolan save the bhagirathi and stop tehri प्रोजेक्ट इन उत्तराखंड नर्मदा बचाओ आंदोलन इन मध्य प्रदेश एंड गुजरात ऑपोजिशन टू माइनिंग बॉक्साइट डिपॉजिट्स इन द गंधा मर्दान हिल्स बाय द यूथ ऑर्गेनाइजेशंस एंड ट्राइबल पीपल लिविंग इन द हिल रेंज द ऑपोजिशन टू द बालियापाल एंड भोगाराई टेस्ट रेंज इन उड़ीसा the apico movement in the western ghats groups opposing the kaiga nuclear power plant in karnataka the ka- campaign against the dam project in the silent valley the rural women's advancement society formed to reclaim wasteland in bankura district and the opposition to the gumti dam in tripura in what can be termed as environmental movements of the very poor there are no quick fix technological solutions that can be suggested to people who are battling for survival in this environmentalism there is only one answer to reduce need needs and to increase efficiency for every inch of land needed every ton of mineral and every drop of water used the fight for environment now needs to be reconsider future economic strategies we need new businesses that provide services at affordable rates provide employment and make the best use of individual assets based on local resources with local communities this challenge of affordable growth is what will drive sustainable development in the future India's environmental movement is at crossroads on the one hand there is a greater acceptance of environmental concerns but on the other hand there is growing resistance against required action more importantly every indicator shows that things on the ground are getting worse our rivers are more polluted much more garbage is piling up in our cities air is increasingly getting toxic and hazardous waste is dumped and not managed worse people who should have been at the front line of protection are turning against the environment they see it as a constraint to their local factories they have no reason to believe that their livelihood from natural resources is secured they are caught between the mining companies and the foresters and the foresters either way they lose in the past 5 decades the beginning the beginnings of india's environmental movement can be traced to the early 1970s where the country saw its first environmental movement chipku andolan the launch of project tiger and intactment of the water pollution control law much has changed and yet nothing changed the worst 
Indictment is that over 700 million people in India still use dirty, polluting biomass for cooking food and 564 million defecate in the open, making India rank first in open defecation globally. The poor do not have access to the basics, clean water, hygienic toilets that do not end up polluting rivers and groundwater and energy for lighting or cooking. Clearly, somewhere we are going wrong, very wrong. The schisms of in, in India's environmental movement goes back to the days when the movement was born. Two developments took place in the early 1970s. One was born in Faraway, Switzerland, the other in an equally, if not more, remote village in the Himalayas. Both influenced policies are and built consciousness about the environment in India. In 1969, gland-based IUCN held its General Assembly in Delhi and, conver and conservationists made a strong pitch for the protection of the tiger. In 1973, Project Tiger was established initially for a period of six years to ensure the maintenance of a viable population of tigers in India. Six tiger reserves representing different ecosystems were set up and it was agreed that the core areas, the, the sanctum, sanctorum, no fee, no felling, grazing or movement of humans would be allowed. Even as Project Tiger was being designed to protect the flagship species, another not so known movement was happening in the remote mountains of North India. In March 1973, representatives of an Allahabad-based sports factory came to the hill town of Gopeshwar in erstwhile Uttar Pradesh, now Uttarakhand in the Himalayas to cut 10 trees in the nearby Mandal village allotted to them by the forest department. Villagers did not allow them to do so. And to make their point, they decided to hug the trees. This action stopped the contractors. Some weeks later, the same episode was repeated in Rampur, Fata, 80 kilometers from Gopeshwar. The climax came in April 1974, when the wood contractors reached an even more remote village of Rainy. Here, the men were away to attend another protest against tree felling in nearby villages. The contractors saw their opportunity to cut and run, but they had not anticipated what the women would do. Gora Devi, then 50 years old, stood up, gathered all the women, and they hugged all the trees, daring the men to step over their bodies to cut the trees. Environment was understood to be a survival issue. The poor in the country, not just its elite, were making their voice heard. In this way, the birth of India's environmental movement started with a big bang and with two distinct ideologies. The first was situated within the approach already followed in the industrialized world where environment was an afterthought to development. Here, conservation was about protecting habitats of wild animals as areas of recreation, education, and biodiversity, in most cases after people had already got rich. The second approach was advocating something different. How poor people could use the environment as a means of building livelihoods. In, the, in this case, environment was about development, two sides of the same coin, and because people's survival was dependent on the protection and regeneration of the environment, they would nourish and build a green future. 
In this battle of conservation, initially the ideology of conserving forest without people prevailed, then moved on to involving people in forest management through afforestation program and then in mid-2000s came the scheduled tribes and other traditional forest dwellers. Recognition of Forest Rights Act 2006 meant to hand back land and forest produce rights to people. The environmental movement is based on the idea that people do not want something bad in this vicin in their vicinity, not in my backyard or NIMBY. This concept has driven changes across the world and continues to be the reason why projects from shale gas exploration in the US to wind power in UK face protest. Ordinary people but with power because they are part of the voting middle class take up these issues because they affect their lives but there is also a downside to NIMBY if it is not in my backyard then the then in whose backyard should it be allowed the history of western environmental movement is different from ours it began after these societies had acquired wealth they had the money to invest in cleaning and they did but because they never looked for big solutions, they always stayed behind the problem. Local air pollution is still a problem in most western cities even if the air is not as black as ours. Climate change is showing its deadly face. Therefore, the slogan for the next generation environmentalism must be different. Not in my backyard should give way to in my backyard because only then we plan for development which is sustainable because we know we have to live with it the planet then becomes our backyard this has to be the next 40 year slogan for india's environmental movement it is time to make real change happen the Modern world has formalized its economy to the point that it has become unviable. The brick and mortar world requires huge infrastructure and, the, and this then requires regulations to ensure that all this operates within rules. The cost of regulations is also high and adds to the cost of running the economy. Uber and Airbnb are undercutting this world. By making the cars and houses people own to make more money and share the profits. But most importantly, they, these businesses are working the informal space. They are doing this to reduce costs and expand opportunity. This is where we need to think further of what our world is all about. In countries like India, informal business is the existing order of the day. Everything from collecting sewage from homes, recycling garbage to providing transport in our cities is managed by millions of myriad informal businesses. We, but we do not consider it part of our future. Recycling of dry waste provides employment to about 1-2% to 2 of a city's population, often the poorest women and children. In large cities, there are 2-3 to three tiers of waste buyers, all very well organized and specializing in specific waste. What is not recognized is that this trade, which happens in the backyards of our slums and is shoved aside by policy, is the only thing saving cities from completely drowning in waste. It is also this trade which ensures that less waste reaches landfills. India and other such countries can clean up their mounds of garbage, reinvent the very idea to process waste and not landfill. It 
This requires households and institutions to segregate their waste at source so that it could be managed as a resource. There is an opportunity to reconsider the future strategies.